Welcome to the non-political episode of the most political show that you'll ever find besides Ben Shapiro. No, no politics today. No politics. <laughs> anyway, hi, I'm Joseph. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. And I am joined today by one of the co-hosts of another podcast called Party of Two, Nathan West. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, it's good to be here. Yeah. Hey. Super excited. So... Let's get it. <laughs> all right. So, first of all, how's your day been, Nathan? You know, I love the weather so much. Um, the The sky was, like, super gray. And, like, that does sound a little, like, sad. But it was, like, gray and it wasn't going to rain. And it was cool temperatures. Mm. That's the best day ever, honestly. Um, and so, I, I'm, like, wearing, like, a uh, long sleeve, like, green shirt and it's really nice knowing that i'm in florida and i don't have to sweat or like worry about sweating or being drenched by rain or anything like that so right um pretty good day uh i didn't even have any classes today because a lot of teachers canceled so (laughs) so much better (laughs) wait wait music teacher wait music professors canceled that has never happened really with me. (laughs) like the only time that's happened is like tomorrow for um music theory because dr martin's going to a conference oh he's going oh that's yeah is it like the yeah the the music music theory the society of music theorists or whatever it it sounds super (laughs) it sounds super cryptic but it's just like a bunch of people talking about music theory yeah they're gonna get some i know he's gonna talk about it when you guys have class but oh yeah he loves the topics especially um centered around video games and um, I know that there's been some talk about um, artists that I like, like uh, Jacob Collier and uh, Take Six. So those groups and like him, they're it's so much fun. So you yeah. know, I might join the society. <laughs> <laughs> yes, join the society. Yeah. But anyway, like there was this one time that I walked into um, Dr. Martin's class, and um, first of all, shout out to Dr. Martin because he's an amazing music theory professor. Um, but anyway, I walked into his class one time and like, he was talking with like, I think it was like Jax or something, um, Mm -hmm. about like super smash bros and like, and so he mentioned, um, he, he said, oh yeah, my favorite character is, um, Fox. I'm like, are you talking about super smash bros? He's like, yes. I'm like, yes, yes. yes." But why is his favorite character Fox? I don't know. (laughs) Of all characters. Of all people. I mean, I can't judge because my main is uh, Ice Climbers. So ice I'm, Climbers. I'm a weird mm. player. <laughs> a lot of people Listen, bash me for it. but I mean, I don't really play um, Smash that much. Like, I mostly, when I do, it's like mostly uh, Brawl mm. because that game is severely underrated. Yeah. I, I first started with, uh, with Melee uh-huh. on the GameCube. Melee. And, oh, my goodness. What a time. I mean, I was an only child and, like, you didn't have online. So I really was just mm. playing with the CPUs. Um, but the adventure mode was pretty cool. And then when Brawl came out on the Wii, that changed everything because their adventure mode is insane. Oh, Subspace Emissary is just one of the best (laughs) single player campaigns of all time. And what a cool villain too. Mm -hmm. Like Taboo. Oh my goodness. And like the way, um, the way that Subspace Emissary like basically just predicted the ending of, uh, Last Jedi. (laughs) Right, literally. Like the Kirby ship scene. (laughs) He's like, pew! I was like, oh. Oh. Just gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, like, now... I didn't didn't play the the Wii U version. Smash 4, I think? No one Um, really... Yeah. We don't talk about that one. (laughs) It really is a dark time. (laughs) Well, another thing is that, apparently, they didn't put Ice Climbers in there. I didn't own a Wii U, but I wouldn't have played if they didn't have Ice Climbers. But um, they didn't have Ice Climbers in there because there was just too much 
um, that they needed to put into the game that would require too much computing power. And that's why I love them, because they're just better than everybody else. It's only because the mechanics of the the CPU uh, second character for Ice Climbers, um, they have to function on their own instead uh. of like us controlling them at the same time. So, um, But then they brought them back for... Um, Smash Ultimate, which was great, mm-hmm. and I've been playing them ever since. So yeah, oh yeah, Smash Ultimate. Um, I d- I haven't played it because I don't have a Switch. Darn. Mm. Um, <laughs> I want a Switch, but any- that's beside the point. But any- but um, the Smash Ultimate literally just added um Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Yes, <laughs> I'm so happy about that. I and they're also they're also um adding like the bundle. Where it's all Kingdom Hearts games really? into one, yeah. Good. So I'm super excited because I haven't played it yet, but no, I love that game. No, literally, I was. Uh, I haven't played Kingdom Hearts. Yet. I have. I'm a music major, <laughs> <laughs> a music performance major. Yeah. With three instruments, I don't have time for video games other than like Madden. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but I talk about video games for some reason. So like, I have this um, one friend of mine that we were talking about Kingdom Hearts, and he just has like a complete disdain for it. Like he he hates it to the point where he just like laughs at it all the time. What? It's such a cool mechanic, though. I like the lock and attack, and then yeah. um, it's always great seeing Donald and the Goofy. Those are my favorite two characters. Mm. So, and like it's just Disney. I mean, there's there's something magical about it. No pun, but like it's just great seeing that. And then there's also I remember when I was a kid, there was a book series. Um, centered around like the Disney World parks. Oh, you uh, read that too, Kingdom Keepers. Yeah. Yes, that was <laughs> it's so too good. good. I love those books. Oh my goodness! L- literally though, that one scene where it was like talk, where it talked about, or it was at Small World, and like all the dolls came to life. That gave oh, me. Oh my goodness! Ugh, and they just nightmares. wouldn't stop, and they kept oh attacking. Oh my gosh. That's like your worst nightmare for <laughs> Small World. That's literally like something that my mom was like, yeah, no, I, that's something I always avoid. No. Yeah. They're creepy. They are really. Like you can never, after reading those books, you can never look at Small World <laughs> the same again. You're like, where's Maleficent? Where? She's going <laughs> to turn on us. Yeah. Um, the dolls are going to come alive. Yeah. I read. I remember reading those like a lot, like very heavy in middle school. And then... The seventh book came out, and I did not read that one, so I'm kind of sad about that. But, um, yeah, I just really loved the parks. And I'm not, like, a Disney adult, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. I was just a kid. But, um, like, Epcot was my favorite, so I think that was, like, book three. And that was, like, the biggest book mm-hmm. that he'd written. Um, Epcot was my favorite until, yeah. um, or as an actual park, Epcot was my favorite until uh, until Galaxy's Edge came out. Oh, is where's that at? Is that in Hollywood, Hollywood? Studios? Mm. Ugh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been I to know. the updated Animal Kingdom, nor have I been to Pandora updated. is amazing. Okay. I know the lines are still heavy though. Like Oh yeah, they are. Yeah. So are the lines for um, all the Star Wars rides. Like literally <laughs> it was when I this was uh, like back near my birthday like last week of um june mm-hmm. um we went there it was still kind of capacity restricted um so like the wait time for um smugglers run um the second most popular ride of galaxy's edge was like still in the 80 minutes range and like mm. that was like with less people there Ugh, that's so that's just tough yeah. i think and now they opened up the uh, main ride um rise of the resistance mm. to 
not just having the reservation process, but it's now standby. And okay. so now you're probably going to get those four-hour wait times. Yeah. It's like Hollywood Ugh. Studios. I don't think... The thing is that Magic Kingdom has the capacity to hold these long lines. Yeah. I don't think that Hollywood Studios could do could function just as well just because of the size. But um, it's also because, like, if you flush everybody into Hollywood Studios and not Magic Kingdom, like, that's so wild to me because... Mm-hmm. That's never happened before. And, like, I'm glad that they're making... Um, they're, like, revitalizing these, like, other parks. Yeah. No, um, the revitalization of Hollywood Studios has been amazing. Yeah. So, I'm I'm, I'm excited. I haven't been in yeah. a long time, but I, I want to go again. Can't wait for the um, Guardians of the Galaxy ride, though, at Epcot. <sighs> yeah. I'm like, I'm just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Epcot is just way too cool. I, yeah. Ugh, I have the so many memories. The food at Epcot is <sighs> the absolute best. Yes, and I'm finally 21, so I'm going to try to do the Food and Wine Festival. Oh. It's going to be so much fun. Um, yeah. But, and then the, the garden, too, is really cool. I don't usually see it as often. Yeah. But. Great. Now you just gave me an idea for my 21st birthday. <laughs> to participate cool. in the wine part. Yeah. <laughs> no, people, I know some people, um, at least with Central Florida, like some people celebrate their birthday by going, like drinking around the world. Mm. And what that's... What months are the Food and Wine Festival again? Uh, I think it, I don't know. I think it happened just a little bit in September, but I will look that up right now. Food and wine festival. If it happens during July, please. Let's see. The food and wine festival happens in, wow, it's a long time. It's July 15th through uh, November 20th. My birthday is now July 15th. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll be a summer baby one time. Um. But yeah, I love Epcot. I think if I had to be a tour guide, it would be for Epcot because mm-hmm. it's just so much fun. Yeah. And like very tiring. Um, and I think like it's the perfect day park, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. You get to explore what's going on in the world. And like, you know, they keep changing things. Like uh, Norway is now like the frozen. frozen ride, right? And I'm a little upset about that, but whatever. It's a good ride. Um, it's a good, like, when before it was the frozen ride, it was just like the Norway ride that was like ah nice ride. Yeah, it was like draw Maelstrom or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Mel- Maelstrom, and then like the movie after, I'm like not knocking the movie, but like as a like a ten year old kid, I'm like this is boring. Yeah, <laughs> very very like, uh. ugh. And then I know they switched out. Um, it's like we go from this like water ride with like trolls and whatever <laughs> I think to then movie. Right, and like the line for Frozen is not bad either. Yeah. Sometimes it is, depending yeah. on like <laughs> how many, like how many people are like ah frozen. Yeah, it's deceivingly large in there. I yeah. was surprised because you know how like narrow like Norway is in that in mm-hmm. that area, and like you walk in and then it's just like a huge vast like underground cave area. Ah, nice. I'm like, how did you how did you fit this in here? There's no way. So yeah, kudos. I think I think when um, it was like being constructed, um, when they shut down Maelstrom. Like, I remember being at Epcot, like, during that time, and, like, I would see, like, the construction going on, like, the background. <laughs> it was, like, this huge area. You're like, what is going wow. on? How'd you... What? And, and then, like, my mom was like, they're running the Frozen ride there. I'm like, oh, great. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, it's going to be cheesy. It Nor are supposed to be Viking. Uh, uh, but, yeah. And then I remember Kim Possible, but then they switched it to the Phineas and Ferb ride. Or the uh, Agent P... Like oh mobile yeah thing i tried that one time like this is boring yeah kim possible really did that for me but i love her so much 
Um, but it's like one of those like, oh, back in my day type things. <laughs> um, but I still love Epcot nonetheless. They made a uh, test track really cool. Oh, yeah. I love that one test so track much. Is nice. Um, Even though I still get anxiety as soon as like we're at the main speed up part and like the door is closed. Yeah. Like, ah, <laughs> open, open, open. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, what's, what's going on? Huh? Guys? Hello? Hello? And then the truck. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the truck. I'm like, ah. It's, it's like, whatever. Yeah, they used but. to have this, like, really um, cool thing that, like, needed just, like, a little bit of revamping. Um, but, like, they shut it down anyway. Mm -hmm. um, some of all thrills, which is basically, like, you could make your own roller coaster. Yeah. yeah I do I remember, remember that. that. Yeah. Yeah, no, those were good times. <laughs> but, no, we have to make our own car. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> But I'll be anybody. I'm 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 a good designer for cars. You are. I wonder if there's like an optimal car design. Yeah, I mean, I see like the high scores of test track. I'm like, how do I replicate this? Yeah. <laughs> what did they, What do they do? How do you do this? I bet like people where really is he? Go hard where is the YouTube guy? Yeah. <laughs> how can I speed run test track? <laughs> speed um, run. But yeah, um, yeah, we were talking about uh, candlelight. It's like I yeah. I actually remembered like doing. Um, the design for test track one time and then basing it off of a YouTube thing. Mm -hmm. And like, I tried to go off of the YouTube thing, but then like I got to the actual dry section and like, yeah, <laughs> like, what? what? Guys? Uh, <laughs> no, that's not like turn back, turn back. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can I redo the ride? Please? Can I redo it? Um, yeah. I mean, my favorite ride for sure is mission space. 100%. Oh, um, space but so then they great. switched the person. I'm not mad about that, actually. You're not? Okay. No, because she's from Gina Torres. She's from a show that I really, really like. Um, it ended like back in 2019. It's called mm. Suits. It's about okay. a bunch of lawyers um, <laughs> doing... It's basically combining um, a traditional TV drama with Law and & Order, and mm. it's amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think... I don't, I've never seen her up until that point, but when I first saw her... I was expecting the guy. Yeah, no, I was, I was like, like, no, no, I was, no, like the first time I was kind of like shocked by it, like they took away Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> yeah, I really was sad. I was like, what's oh, going on? Not Lieutenant Dan. He's my favorite person in the world. Yeah. And like, like that, that really made the rest of the like space to, or trip but to no, Mars. <laughs> yeah. But no matter what, the second person uh, that sp always spoke on that ride was always going to be some very robotic voice that would tell you to wear your seatbelt. Right. And I'm like. Always. Great, thanks. Great, thank you. <laughs> anyway. Um, could we have had Gina read that? <laughs> Honestly, like, your turn, Capcom. Like, your turn, Capcom. <laughs> that part like, I'm always, like, cringe. so funny. No matter me. what. <laughs> like, Capcom. Capcom. I loved being um, Navigator, for sure. Um, just because it always felt like... I, it was, like, the, the whole uh, test simulation was in my hands when we were, like, tipping over and about to fall into the canyon. Oh, yeah. And then... Um, I always laugh and blame the engineer because they're the ones who put us into like hypersleep or something like that. And like we wake up and we're like in a panic. I'm like, why didn't you just wake us up earlier? Like I get so bad at them for that. But um, jokingly, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a fun ride. Um, I think yeah. the first time I went on it was in fifth grade. And I was really upset because the group that I was with, it was with a bunch of girls. And um, they wanted to do like the easier version of it uh, like the less intense i think it was like not the less intense i know and like i was watching everybody else go and i was like man more intense sounds like fun but i think it was also because of our chaperone as well like they um 
they were just like, no, I don't want to do the more intense one. I was like, ah. Uh, so I made it a goal to do the more intense when I was in middle uh, school. Yeah. And it was really great. So, yeah. Uh, we also, there's also um, Disney Candlelight there. Oh, yeah. And... I went there like <laughs> twice. Yeah. <laughs> back also when I was like very young. And I remember going there one time like, I can't hear anything. <laughs> I was supposed to see a celebrity narrator, but I'm like 28 million rows back. Yeah. I don't know. They don't really position them in a good place. Oh, no. That stage is horrible acoustically. Yeah. Horrible. I always feel like so burnt out. Um, being in it is like the funniest thing. Really? Yeah. Because um, like in high school... You get to like sing with other people and everything like that, which is great. You don't have to talk to them or anything like that, but I do. And that's the funny part because they talk about like their high school directors and I'm like, you guys are really going through this? It's like, yeah, but we made it to candlelight. So what matters? Like, what does what it matter? Um, and then sometimes, not to like celebrate this, but like on the best occasions, someone passes out. Oh no. And that is the craziest thing to me because the lights are always so intense, like mm. bright lights. The ones that Stetson... Probably generating a lot of heat. Very much so. Um, and, like, we're wearing, you know, like, those gold uh, oh robes. Oh, no. It's super thick. And, like, it's Florida. Um, I mean, it is a little bit cooler, but... But it's still Florida. Yeah. And, you know, people aren't used to those lights. So, no. one person passes out, and then we're just like, uh, all right, we'll sing we'll sing another song about Jesus. Like, nah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the songs... Are, the thing, oh, I was talking with uh, so Lapis. basically, basically it was like, oh, how sad. Anywho, yeah, it's like, and Jesus was born. So and Jesus was born. That person ain't doing okay, but Jesus yeah. was born. I didn't realize until the second time that I did it was um, that it was the same music. I thought it was like a different show every single time. It's the same show, same exact show. Gosh. And I'm like, I mean, kudos to the people who performed the Voices of Liberty. Um, like that group, mm -hmm. they sound amazing. Oh and yeah, like, they're great. Vocal quality, jeez, I wish I had that. Mm -hmm. But um, I just, I don't know. I cannot find myself singing that music for like weeks on end. The yeah. same songs every year. That just make me scream. But yeah, I mean, it's not bad music. It's just like it's very thick and like really asking a lot from you. So right. Um, yeah, it's okay. I mean, that's it's the okay. same thing that like the the military does like right some of their pieces um i forgot what the group is but they're from the navy they do some really interesting pieces mm -hmm. that i'm like okay nice it's just interesting because of how they're like their their formation and like their stance they're always like so uptight right or at least it looks like they're constrained in some way mm -hmm. and like i understand like it's the military but like you want to be you want to be more expressive than the music is like telling you to be right. so there's some arrangements of like patriotic music that's just like so good yeah like the um wilhowski Husky, however you pronounce his name um the his arrangement of um battle hymn of the republic Ooh. i don't think i've heard that you've not heard that one no it's on this one cd of the cincinnati pops orchestra with oh. um eric kunzel and like they have organ in it there and it is. <laughs> like at the end, like at the end, they put organ in it. And it's just like, like very full um, chorus and everything. And like, yes, <laughs> the one song that makes me somewhat proud. <laughs> You're like, finally, <laughs> finally, bringing organ into the mix. Yes. Aren't you playing for candlelight? Yes, I'm. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm playing probably Vaket um, Auf, um, that Bach prelude. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I'm like, ah, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, literally. No, the way that we, like, have people, like, chosen to play for Candlelight, it's literally just um, Dr. Jones and Organ Studio being like, all right, um, y'all have to play for Candlelight. Um, that's just something that we expect. Um, Nick, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, um, nothing, um, I guess. <laughs> like, I, I can do the Bach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm over here like, what can I do? I haven't learned anything Christmassy this semester. What yeah. have I done? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have this one piece I can always recycle at any time. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, um, plus I really like the Bach, um, Bach it up. It's just so pure. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to hear it. I haven't yeah. heard it before. So, um, And then I'm also um, accompanying on um, the one um, Hanukkah piece that um, Concert Choir is doing. The Say Shalom? Yeah, that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty easy accompaniment, yeah. thank goodness. Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know why he made it an organ thing. Yeah, I'm like, I look <laughs> at the thing, I'm like, this is literally just a piano cup. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I mean, it'll create a good effect, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably, like, make some alterations, of, like, to the actual part to, like, make it look more organy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Nick, Nick, um, Chefstead, he was like, the chef. The chef. Uh, <laughs> he that is now immortalized in podcast form. The chef. The chef. Um, I literally said that to him today <laughs> before student recital. Um, he's playing for one of my pieces on uh, senior recital, and the piece is very like piano idiomatic, but mm -hmm. it says um, piano or organ, and or. I was like, or let's so, go with the or. <laughs> yeah, and like. We could do it. In my mind, I'm like, well, that's the, the uh, that's the uh, <laughs> Nuke Demides, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the composer, he's like a huge, like organ player. Like he mm. he's more of an organ player than like a, a vocal composer. Um, but he he focused more on hymns and stuff like that. But what's his name? Uh, Eugene Hancock. I don't remember what his middle initial was, but um, I want to say W Hancock. Um, but he he passed away. Um like a couple decades ago. Mm. But uh, yeah, he, he did more about like him, like choral hymns and um, a couple anthems here and there. But he was an organ composer. Uh. And I was just like, well, it only makes sense. Like I thought that he was writing it as if he was an organ player. Um, but it, I maybe he was just playing it for piano and just kind of sounded mm -hmm. like that. But I think it has like such a great effect with the organ because oh, of yeah. like how the text itself, honestly, is pretty cool. So mm -hmm. um so I'm excited. Nick Nick sounds yeah. really good on that. So what day is your senior recital again? What time? It's Sunday. Uh, I'm gonna just say it. The date Sunday, November seventh at one p.m. So yeah. and then Alexis's is at three thirty. Yeah. And, Wait, which Alexis? There's uh, like ten. That's right. There are. There's like. Why are there so many Alexis's I have in the no school of music? It's ridiculous. I mean, congratulations, you guys. But like, yes. thank. <laughs> you guys have a great name. Yeah. Uh, but you guys had to fight to the death. Um, <laughs> there, so there, Alexis literally, Borderline. there's like so many people that are. Like, Really, Stetson in general that are just that have Alex in their name. Yeah, yeah, it's or why Martin, um, my roommate, yeah. my best friend. Yeah, um, three people in concert choir. Three people in concert choir. That's so wild. Like the way that like Doctor Peter differentiates, like he just like yells out Reese. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I even call Reese Reese, like or yeah. Alexis Reese. Um, but yeah, and it's Alexis Borderlands recital at 3.30. Ah. And then it's Emily Palmer's at 2, mm. which I'm really excited about because um, I was really happy to talk with her. 
I haven't really talked with her like in the four years that I've been here just because like our schedules have been really rough. But honestly, the reason why we started talking, kid you not, was because uh, she had posted something on Instagram talking about how she felt about Squid Game. Really? And I just DM'd. I was like, I have to talk to you about yes. this. And like, we've gotten closer and closer simply because of that. And I'm like, so grateful because I'm like, finally, yeah. finally, yes, someone <laughs> but, I can talk to about this. Yeah, we're all gonna have a really great, t- a great time. Um, and mine's is only 30 minutes. Thank goodness. I cannot imagine singing for an hour th- by myself. No, nope. that I don't. I don't know who does that. Performance majors, I kudos to you. Because... They probably have some longer arias that they can just be like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, and the whole thing, like the whole process of it is kind of a little jank because, um, at least for me, and maybe this is just bad on my part or like my studio's part, but I got my music the semester of my recital. Oh, yeah. And so I didn't really get that like over the summer. And so the way it felt to me was like juries are set up um, where they're like, near the end of the semester, pretty mm-hmm. close, like a couple weeks before. And you only have to sing two songs, right? And then that's that. In this case, I'm doing a jury, right? Quote, unquote, with nine songs, nonstop, for 30 minutes, with less time. No. So I'm like... <laughs> with less time? Yeah, they're like, hey, you know how you do a jury? Just do more and less time. Thank you. Thank um, you. So it was a little nerve-wracking, but um, I did pass my hearing. So regardless of what happens on stage, and something will happen on stage, (laughs) um, I passed. So, you know. Someone will probably look at Nick again and be like, what are you doing here? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, (laughs) no. um, During my hearing, it was funny because I was halfway through my uh, my hearing. And there's Nick is on the beginning of the third set. set. Um, So he walked in later. And I was done with my second set. We were waiting on him. He walks in and he like takes his time because like I've I've watched how organists move and you guys take your time. Oh, we do. So, yeah. <laughs> he was like putting on his shoes like all slow and everything. Like he he tied them like very delicately and everything. It was so funny <laughs> to me. And those are her. That's that's his uh his first pair of organ shoes is what I've heard. Right. Ah, yeah. So the chef's dead ones. The and, rich, the chef ones. <laughs> yeah, it's the chef ones, and um. The three people who was, uh, I think it was Maddox, Christensen, and Valentine, they were the ones who were judging me. Um, they were like, uh, could you like speed it up any faster? And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I can do that. And starts walking fast. <laughs> and then we do the song and it went well. And he walks and he was like debating on whether to leave and like take off his shoes. But he was like, well, you still have two more songs. So he sat and watched the rest of the, like, the uh, last set, which I thought was hilarious. And he like told me about how he like walked in and, um, like, I think, who was it that, like, looked back and was like, who are you? Oh, I think it was, I think it was Maddox. I think ah, it was Maddox. yeah, Maddox. <laughs> which was so funny. Honestly, I could not see because my glasses were off. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think is so annoying. Um, I, I know I sound like I'm, like, hating on vocal performance, but I think, like, there are certain things about it that can change. Um, but for me... I have glasses and I desperately need glasses. Um, I cannot function without them. I'm very much Velma um, in any given situation. Um, So when it comes to performing, my teacher tells me um, that the standard is that if you have glasses, you take them off. And I think that that's unfortunate because I'm like, I just can't see anybody. Yeah. Um, 
And then I was telling her, I was like, what can I do? She was like, get contacts. And I was like, I can't get contacts. I've tried to get contacts and putting them in my eye, sorry, putting in my, my eye, um, it's just like the scariest thing. Mm. I was in the eye doctor for like an hour trying to put in one. And then I psyched myself out and I was like, I have to take these out. There's no way that's going to happen. Hmm. Um, so I just gave up on the t- context idea. Um, but I think like you can still be able to perform without like with your glasses. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's like issues with like lighting and such. Yeah. But that's even then, literally like, her excuse, <laughs> which I understand, um, especially with our new lights that we have. <laughs> I like Don't even get me started. Those with- lights are bright. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Um but we were in studio, and there's a first year um, who was singing, and they were looking around very nervously because they were looking at like people. And the first thing that popped up to my head was like, I understand now because when I look, I'm just looking at like a blurry wall, so I don't have to worry about people looking at me, which mm-hmm. is so, which is kind of like a nice perk. But at the same time, like I'd like to see the people that are enjoying yeah. my singing. So. Um, and then a lot of people are like, you know, Nathan, I've not, I've never heard you sing um, within like these four years that I, that you've been here. And I was like, that was the point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I made it a point to not perform a lot. Not that like I didn't, I I didn't try to evade performance opportunities. Like I did Giffen um, junior year, and I I didn't do concerto, but that I don't see that as like a vocalist thing. Um, but course daniella won that yeah she did yeah. a pure vocalist <laughs> but i mean but i mean it is shaharazad so i mean like nice yeah. yeah but like i was looking back and i was like i mean there weren't really that many opportunities for me personally to sing mm-hmm. um by myself i mean we did have studio we did have recital but we had covid and so <laughs> i didn't have to sing in recital um for people uh, spring semester of my sophomore year and then um junior year um, I still COVID, right? So I think I had to yeah. record and then spring semester I was in opera, so I didn't have to do recital or really? something like that. I forgot what it was. I forgot what the situation was, but, um, maybe I sang with some, no, I did Giffen. That's what it was. If you uh, do Giffen, you don't. So really, yeah. And then they only showed the people who won. So nobody was seeing that performance. And I was like, yes. Um, and then now here I am senior year. Um, and I'm doing my senior recital, which is so crazy to me. And I just had my last lesson on Wednesday. Um, and my teacher, she said, I only ask you three things, ask of you three things. She was like, one, I want to meet your mom. And I was like, okay, that's easy. Two, I want to take a photo with you afterwards. I was like, okay. I mean, weather permitting. And then she was like, three, have fun. And I was like, that's probably the hardest one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not that I'm not going to have fun, but it's like, I'm going to be thinking about the music and I'm going to mm-hmm. be like on focus mode. So hopefully it turns out well. We'll see. Um, yeah. In three days. So. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what? There was this, I think it was like one of the first times like um, that, like we got dinner at Commons where you were like talking about what a weird experience it was for you when you were when it was like sophomore year and you were still able to be on campus during COVID. Yeah, that was, um, so the situation that happened, right. Was spring break happened. We were on choir tour, um, to DC and New York and like just the upper area, that upper area. Um, it was so nice. Oh my goodness. Um, one of my favorite tours ever. 
ever. Um, and then when we came back, COVID definitely was in, was like happening and everything mm-hmm. like that. We came back clear and everything. Nobody got sick um, of COVID, at least. We just got tour sick, which is pretty normal. Um, and then that next week, we had student recital. And that was the first time that we heard that school is just going to shut down. And opera had to move their Sunday performance to that night, which is usually their dress rehearsal. And that was the last day. So Thursday, and it was over. Um, And then they gave us an email saying, like, oh, you can stay on campus if you'd like. um, And we won't, like, upcharge you. We'll just move you to a different place, right? And I was living in Nemec at the time, and I was like, I'd love to have my own place. I would (laughs) love to not be in Nemec. Right. Um, Not the prison. Not Um, the Nemec. Yeah, and then I also thought to myself, like, would I actually get work done if I was at home? And the answer was no. Like, I I mean, I don't have the space to um, to separate or to set aside my work from, like, my relaxing t- yeah. space. Um, so I was just like, I'd rather just do it at school and just have that school mindset until summer, you know? Um, and so they moved me, they upgraded me to UVA, and I was supposed to have roommates. They said... I'm not here, actually. Uh, they're not going to show up. So I had an entire UVA apartment to myself. Oh, nice. Which is super nice. Um, commons, they were kind of weird in their setup, but they didn't have the grill station. They didn't have the pizza, the teriyaki, or the surf fries. I know. It was so sad. And then yeah. we, we had the salad bar, and we had the G8 station. And I think they still did cook burgers, but just, like, over there, not in the usual mm-hmm. place. Um and, like, you kind of would get to see the same exact people, like, over and over again, which right. wasn't bad, but um, it was really nice. And then when it came to online, um, we had to figure out how to do lessons. Um, and personally, I didn't really get that many lessons. I was just kind of uh, trusted that I would do well. And, like, I was supposed to fail <laughs> sophomore decision because I I did not have anything memorized. And I was like, Ugh. we had to sing every single song um, instead of just like two pieces. Oh, wow. So it was like record every single piece, uh, put it on YouTube uh, playlist, and then they'll just watch it. Um, the only, I guess the only good thing that came out of that was um, I asked a couple of my friends who were doing sophomore decision um, and recording to send me their outtakes. Because I thought that would be the funniest thing ever, just to see how like we react. And Didn't so, you like post that to like? Is it what? Isn't that on the School of Music meme page or whatever? Um, it might be. I'll check. Um, but it might be. I haven't. I know it's on my Instagram, ah. but uh, I just had I had way too much fun with that. And like, I love making those like jump cuts. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, no, like your yearly like um, video edits, they're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it kind of helps me realize that like time is moving way too fast. Like yeah. we we go we go way too fast in the school of music. I mean, music students in general, we're always like so driven to move forward. Um yeah, like we just yeah. we just can't think about like where we are most of the time yeah no you have to think about yeah where you have to be what your next performance is yeah most most vocalists are like opera 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 so (laughs) um yeah but it was it was a good time i think the people who also stayed on campus um they're my friends now which is so funny um but we didn't know each other when we were like Mm -hmm. in the in the cold 
I, the way I could describe how Stetson was during that time was that it felt like at the time a Stetson weekend where nobody's there usually. Oh yeah, one of those. <laughs> so a Stetson weekend is my favorite kind of day because I'm like, wow, I can just look at campus and be like, okay, this is actually a yeah. beautiful campus. But it was like tenfold because majority of people left. And I had like all the practice rooms into myself and everything. It was great. Um, not that I can use them all at the same time, but um, yeah. And then when we came back, I think it was. It's like, no, it's like you go into one of the uh, piano performance practice rooms and you're like, ha. <laughs> you <laughs> suck. <laughs> I'm better. I'm a pianist. Wah, wah, wah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was. I don't, I don't think I ever abuse the pianos like that so uh, I, I still try to be courteous i had mm-hmm. respect or whatever um but it yeah when everybody came back it felt so weird especially this year i've like it just oh, didn't yeah. feel you like know no, no, literally like people got back this year first of all i'm a sophomore i didn't know what it felt like to have people come back yeah but literally i was just out here like first week i'm like there are so many people. <laughs> what the heck is this? Yeah, it was like we got a second school. Like <laughs> Yeah, the entire second school. It was like I used to be like really accustomed last year to like walking around campus and like knowing practically everyone. Mm-hmm. And now like with everyone coming back, for some reason it felt it seemed like a bunch of the like athletes and stuff mm-hmm. and people like were the bulk of the people that came back. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I <laughs> Y'all did still not want to do know. sports? <laughs> but, like, I didn't know that there were many or this many sports people. My yeah. goodness. Shout out to the volleyball team. They're doing really well this season. Nice. Um, I like volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really fun sport to watch and like to play, too. Volleyball um, is severely underrated, honestly. Yeah. Like, watching, like watching volleyball during like the olympics and such it's like really intense especially beach volleyball Mm -hmm. so good i mean the u.s team dominates all the time um but i think they were going against uh australia in the finals and they just still like they sweeped it was just too good um but the olympics honestly my favorite time that's christmas to me Mm -hmm. olympics oh Oh, yeah (laughs) No, literally, especially, like, when, like, opening ceremonies were still, like, uh, because, like, you know, I'm a music person and don't pay attention to 90% of sports. Yeah. Um, no, literally, for, like, I remember back in 2014 when the Olympics were um, in Sochi, mm. that opening ceremony, my <laughs> goodness. Shout Ugh. out to that one Olympic ring that didn't open but up. one Olympic <laughs> ring. That was the one... Like, not that good part of the recital or the ceremony, but I mean, the rest of the ceremony was just so good, so creative. Yes, it was a bunch of Russian propaganda, but was I there for it? (laughs) Yes, and I fell for it, so it's great. (laughs) Yeah. But no, like, especially like the beginning part where they did the um, Paula Vetsian dances, I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then, like, the two type. Really, the opening ceremony and the closing ceremony when they did the Russian national anthem. That's when I first heard the Russian national anthem, <laughs> which is an entire flex. Yeah. Because, like, the tune is just so strong. Yeah. It's it's powerful for something that's, like, cold. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Very powerful. Um, and, like, the first time they had, like, this um, men's choir sing it, mm-hmm. and it was just like, whoa. <laughs> 
And like my dad, who's like a singing teacher, he's like, they're singing with correct technique. Yes. Yes. Impossible. Impossible. And then like the children's choir did it. And it was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And like their, their tone is just like Mm. so silky. I don't know how to describe it, but it's just, I don't know who the teachers are, but I want to be best friends with them. Yes, Exactly. Um, in Beijing to uh, 2008. Oh, the Beijing. Very, very, very. I don't very really cool. remember that ceremony because, like, I was only like how six. Yeah. Um, but Beijing. Oh, that was a flex, especially <laughs> that one part with the drums. Yes. Oh, they just—they're mm. so great. Like at organization, it's like yes. <laughs> I can't imagine how being a part of that because, like, someone. Like, if we did that, I feel like we would mess up. Oh, yeah. Very, very <laughs> much so. Um, and, like, I'm sure somebody was like, oh, man, I messed up. But, like, you don't see that because of how much they practice for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, shout out to them. That was my first Olympics um, to watch. And I was supposed to go to the Japan one this time around. You were supposed to actually go to them? Yeah. We bought wow. tickets and everything and then COVID. And then uh, we were just like, okay. And okay. then they weren't letting people, except for athletes, pretty much go. Mm-hmm. So it was unfortunate because it was Rio 2016 closing ceremony when they announced it that I was like, mom, we have to go. Yeah. Like I, the, the trailer for it was just so cool. I was like, and then the design, oh my goodness. It was just so perfect. Yeah. What a perfect games. I really liked the um, course. I still kind of have a, uh, kind of have a pet peeve with how they're doing ceremonies now with like just doing the projections on the floor. I'm like, yeah. I don't like that as much. Yeah. Um, but with the with the Tokyo ceremony, that was that was good. Yeah. I like the the um I don't know what the word is, but like the picto uh posing. They did like this thing where they oh, yeah. like, were um they were matching the exact same shapes as the people um for the design for each event. So like they'll pretend to be oh yeah i remember that that yeah very cute very funny um and clever too great designs yeah so and then like the entire like um procession of like the torch when osaka got it i'm like oh my i was like naomi what you doing up there (laughs) like congrats but like i was so surprised because that was not someone who i was expecting to be up there and i was like oh i know her nice yes (laughs) no but Um, literally like when that moment that moment within that ceremony was just like so profound i'm like oh my mm-hmm. gosh mm. what a life to live um i think i i might mix up the year but whenever it was mexico's time i'm it might be 96 or 69 i forgot which one it was. back when back in yeah. your day <laughs> back in my day back in my pre-birth um i um it's the most iconic thing, I think, for an opening ceremony, but it was the arrow that they shot all the way across the stadium oh, into the torch. I haven't seen that. Oh, my goodness. The precision that it took for that, I could not imagine missing that. Oh, my... Or I can't imagine missing yeah, it. I can't I mean, imagine like, making it. Making it. Right. <laughs> so. It's like, if, if that had gone wrong, like, just imagine, like, being that person. Really, <laughs> with it going right, imagine being that person... Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> steady. Ah, steady. You get one shot. You get one shot. And if you miss it, it causes a fire in the place that you don't want the fire. <laughs> in the crowd. In the crowd. So thank you for uh, keeping the timeline safe, uh, yes. Archer from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So 
very very iconic i i can always think about the olympics mm-hmm. and like it just makes me smile so yeah yeah and then like the re- the olympics in rio like even though that was kind of the start of like the floor projections like mm-hmm. there were like a few moments in that that were just amazing yeah um i'm trying to think of some that really stood out to me um I guess I was really focused on like the medal wins at that point. Mm. I think that was the first Olympics that I started watching um, archery. And the Koreans are insane with archery. They sweep every single time. They did it in 2020 this time too. It's always amazing to see like which countries like go for (laughs) like one specific sport to get a gold medal in. Yeah. Like some are like okay, what if we do long distance running and make that our specialty? <laughs> and I think the, the, I think he retired like this year, but the guy who wins usually for that, like long distance yeah. marathon, um, he did a sub two hour marathon, which is really hard because the pacing is unbelievable. I can't even, I can't even describe like a short distance he would still like if you were to do a 100 meter um, dash, mm-hmm. you would probably like the average person would still probably be slower than his pacing wow. for that hour, which is ridiculous. Unreal. Um, and I remember, I think who was it? It was for uh, shooting Virginia Wolf. I want to say. Yeah, I think it was Virginia Wolf. She was the first medalist at that at the 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everybody was talking about Katie Ledecky. Uh, amazing swimmer, long arms. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, no. Interesting. Literally, my dad, he used to be a track coach, or track and field coach back when he was up in New York. Mm. And like, so pretty much every time like the Summer Olympics come around, I'm like all into like track, especially like the running parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah because like, it like I don't just like go into track. I also become a full fan of Jamaica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because back to. at the because I grew up like during when Usain Bolt was just dominating his era. Everything. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. So, like, like and when I was like actually conscious enough to like pay attention to an Olympics back in 2017, and I was like watching Bolt and like mm-hmm. his like Bolt. one of his oh. like last races. I'm like oh yeah. Um, there is, and I, I want to look it up. There's just something very exhilarating about, like, watching the 100 meter and 200 meter. Mm. Yeah. The, I think there was a guy, um, from Tampa who, uh, yeah. was an Olympic track runner. I think he did the 200. I want to get his name because I'm from Tampa. That's why I have to say this. You're from Tampa? Yeah. Um, and I think, I'm not sure if he came from my school, but... Let's see. Arian Knighton. What a cool guy. Uh, I don't know. I forgot which school he came from, but he really held himself. Like, for someone who's in high school, mm. that's insane. I yeah, think he's like 17. Uh, Arian Knighton. Uh, Knighton, I think. Knight? Hold on. Mm. Knighton, yeah. Ah. Arian Knighton. Um really cool he didn't medal unfortunately but but i mean he's only in high school yeah i mean he's got so much potential and like he's keeping up with people who have been yeah. trained like noah lyles um lyles. so mm. man man has so much charisma yeah i don't know what it is but no they're uh, no watching the olympics like this year with like without usain bolt that was an experience because yeah. like i would always see like these people 
or like the I think it was the 100 meter final where um the dude from Italy won but then mm-hmm. like as you like actually look at the race you see like DeGrasse like sneak up at like the last <laughs> yeah. second just being like faster than everyone He's at like, that very second like if it had been a 110 meter DeGrasse would have yeah. taken that which is like uh, come on DeGrasse you were supposed to be the one after <laughs> one just run, run. <laughs> Just get a better start. You've got one time. you got one job. Like No, literally, like DeGrasse is always like a really good finisher. Yeah. Um but really, really great time. I I something about the Olympics. I, I tell everybody, I'm like, this is the moment that we've all been waiting for. Also, I think the uh Olympic Committee for Russia, their team, mm-hmm. they surprised me the most because i was not expecting them to have so many medals um but they really i think they were like third or fourth yeah that insane medal count and i was like Mm -hmm. they're popping up everywhere like they were doing some random events but it was it was really really interesting to see so right and like it always amazes me like every time like people talk about like the u.s medal statistics and it's like yeah that's all well and good but they bring like 1500 people to the Olympics. yeah yeah i i cannot imagine like being an olympian for this time around yeah and not having such a like like not having the crowd mm-hmm. that's just so like it's the same thing with like performing i mean you don't you don't want to sing to nobody you don't want to play right. for nobody exactly um, like i remember like dr jones was like talking to us and he was like you know, if it's just going to be like performing a concert to a bunch of people on Zoom, what's the point? Yeah. And like it for at least for organ too, like yeah. it's a feeling. When yeah. you performed in recital, I felt that. I was like, this is the most intense thing I've heard in a long time. And I haven't even seen an organist, at least a student organist on recital. Um and I don't know why. Not even the chef. I have not seen the chef. I don't know why that is, but I'll see him on his senior recital next spring, yeah. so um but yeah it's a it's definitely a feeling and like that's the i think that's why i started to love singing by myself more because like with choir you know you didn't really get much of that um for a lot of reasons like it could be the music it could be you know um just the interactions that you get from people Mm -hmm. um they're not the same as they used to be and um or at least as much as you want them to be so like when it comes to solo singing like you can you control what you sing and right. who you are with that piece. Um, so I think that's why I've grown. Because, <laughs> I mean, I as much as COVID had a huge impact on a lot of people's lives, and um, I know that I'm very grateful to, to one, make it through it, two, not be affected um, health-wise, um, and then three, not have any friends or family affected as well um i am i am very grateful for the opportunity it gave for me to think about like what i'm doing here uh why i came to sing in the first place and what i want to do in the future and the the reflection period has ended it is now time for us to to continue and drive drive just drive forward um so hopefully I can teach uh, a high school next year. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, I think it's like your Facebook bio says, like, I'm the music teacher that all of your kids will love. Yeah. <laughs> I made that like two years ago. I yeah. I barely um, I barely use that yeah. now. But I deleted yeah. I deleted Facebook uh, temporarily for like this past week. Just the app. I deleted it temporarily this past two days mm-hmm. because of like the elections happening in Virginia. And I'm like, I don't want election anxiety right now. Yeah. That is not a good time for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Elections. Uh, can get non-political. Sorry. Non-political. Eh, eh. Non-political. Eh, eh. We got to. Let's <laughs> talk about Squid Game. Squid Game. Yeah. Might be the last thing I have to right. um, to talk about, but I think it's important that we talk about how I felt during episode six. Oh, <sighs> that was a heartbreak. Okay, from this point forward, if you have not seen Squid Game and you want to see Squid Game. Do not listen to this part of the episode because mm-hmm. we're going to spoil all of it, most likely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you have been warned. I'm warning you again. Please do not continue if you have not seen Squid Game. Moment of silence. I also want to briefly put in a trigger warning here because some of the thing some of the parts of Squid Game are like particularly gruesome. And um we do discuss Suicide, so if anyone wants to leave here, feel free to. All right. All so, right. <laughs> episode six. Um, so, I mean, I guess we can go through the whole series, like, very yeah. quickly. But, like, episode one was kind of like a waste. Yeah. Because, first of all, Literal I just want to say, that one guy, he really brought it up. He said, I mean, I looked at the rules. We can vote to leave. And then he didn't even vote to leave. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Song woo. Just what a jerk. Okay, episode two was a mulligan because that's basically what we right. just watched. Episode three. Actually, can we talk about like the last like five minutes of episode one where like all of like the death was happening? Oh, was episode light, two when they did the? Um... No, red light, green light was episode one. Oh, episode most two. Of, no, the thing is with Squid Game is like most of the episode you feel like it's going to be a completely different show than what it turns out to be. Yeah. And then once red light, green light happens and like all the people like just get killed in that one scene, it's just mm-hmm. like, whoa. Yeah. I thought it was a revenge plot at first because the way that yeah. they described it, it was like they seem like kids at first, you know, and then they grow up and it's like the same people. I thought it was going to be like him, Sungwoo, um, and then, like, whoever, like, the head honcho was, was, like, someone mm-hmm. who wanted revenge. But then, like, they started massacring people. And I was like, whoa. Oh. No. <laughs> yeah. And, like, there was, I think, what was I going to say? The Oh, yeah. My favorite, my absolute favorite part from that episode was when um, the front man started, like, first of all, the entire aesthetic of the front man mm-hmm. alone Mm. very chiseled want face it. <laughs> i want it for some reason but anyway when he started playing um fly me to the moon while all the death was going on that juxtaposition <laughs> yeah. was so good just very great writing uh, like i was just like goosebumps right there <laughs> murder murder uh, and then Judas. um let's see what were some other games uh when they had like the nighttime like fight in the dark. Oh, that one. <sighs> the special game is about to start. They knew what was going to yeah. happen. Yeah. I didn't even realize it was a ga- like it was a game that they were announcing. Like it just happened. 
Yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, that was the game. So that was like, the game. I was like, that's kind of messed up. That is messed up. How can you predict people? Like, how predictable are people to the point where you can... Predict when everyone's going to do a mutiny. Right. Genius. Yeah. Um, Gosh. And, like, the way that they did episode two when, like, you had the people, like, voting, or the voting scene, mm-hmm. and then, like, you think, oh, they're probably going to... That last dude, Ilnam, is probably going to... Um, vote to stay in the game because mm-hmm. that's usually how these shows play out and then he like votes to not stay in the game like okay yeah. and it like takes the show into a completely other direction for a second and then everyone like comes back yeah they're like i mean that was so interesting it's crazy because it kind of allows the other players to destroy their own morals yeah you know um they've seen what happened and they were like this is just messed up mm. I, I don't want to do this anymore. And they still come back. That is so insane. Yeah. Like, and it's so real. Yeah. And like the reason that they do come back, it's like, yeah, sure. This is all really messed up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I am under crippling debt. Mm-hmm. Which I just saw um, a post by Next Shark on Instagram. They said that the housing crisis... Um, is insane in South Korea. Mm. It's like 105% or something like that. It's really bad. And that majority of, um, or like the biggest chunk of their causes for suicide is because of financial issues, but that's mainly regarding towards housing. So it's insane that you can see that within the show as well. And I'm pretty sure they've talked about it, um, or they thought about that when they were writing it. Yeah, no, like literally that show is an entire like social commentary on mm-hmm. everything. Which, and then it's funny because, you know, like the, it's it's a whole attack on capitalism, blah, blah, yes. right? And then here we are, there are some games that have come out for Squid Game. People have been buying it for costumes and stuff like yeah. that. It's like, oh. and then now people are asking for a season I two. I mean, I'll still probably get a frontman cosplay yeah. because I love that aesthetic. <laughs> That's yeah. beside the point, but everyone's like calling for like a season two or yeah. an American version of Squid Game, which is greedy. I'm yeah, sorry. that's just I don't know. Have you seen any? Have you seen the other people like the other animal uh, masks from that one episode? I think it was like episode seven or episode. Yeah, I think six. it was when they brought in the VIPs. Yeah, the VIPs were American. They're all Americans. I'm like, ah, that figure. That that's chess. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, when that happened, I was just like, oh. <laughs> I really did not it's like, care. Uh, it's like it, they're for like a lot of the time, like the series is like, oh yeah, we've been like completely just like talking about like the financial situation in like in South Korea, and mm-hmm. but then they're like, okay, but let's bring in the U.S. on this because we need to roast them too. Yeah, and I was like, uh, I was like, of course it's us. Of course, the yeah. Um, but no, like when um, at the beginning, when like I didn't know who the frontman was at the time, mm-hmm. and like he spoke English, I'm like, I figures that it'll be an american yeah <laughs> like when he spoke english on the sub version i'm like ah that that checks oh you listen oh yeah the sub version uh, yeah think. yeah the dub version let's not talk about that that is that sounds political to me <laughs> <laughs> the dub version um it was so bad but uh Ugh. the main event was clearly the marbles game the marbles uh, game i just we uh, all knew it was gonna happen but it just was so sad watching Alice drop that marble onto the sand. Like, uh. I just can't. Because I, she knew, I, I knew that she knew that she was going to do that. Mm. 
And she had like that whole conversation, like the sunset and everything, and like the timer was ticking, and you just felt. You just knew that one of them was going to sacrifice themselves, and yeah. it wasn't going to be Sabia. Yeah, and I, we can talk about her, but uh, and it, it that episode definitely made me realize that they did a really great job at making us feel something for the characters just as much as they are feeling for themselves, Mm. right? Like, I can't imagine getting to know someone, not on, like, you know, uh, a deep level, but on, like, an emotional level that fast. And they do really well at doing that up to that marbles point. Yes. And I was like, oh, man, I'm so sad. Like, she was only uh, the girl who dropped the marble. She was only there for, like, two episodes. Mm -hmm. Still cried. Yes. (laughs) I was like, oh, my goodness. I just, you know, like, thank you for your service. You did the right thing. I mean, not the right thing. Killing yourself. You did a thing. thing. You did a thing. And, like, (laughs) we all appreciate you for doing that because we wanted the other person to live. But, um both yeah like just their dynamic was really cute and then i did notice that ilnam wasn't murdered on camera yeah i Um, also see what happened with me was that ilnam was a bit spoiled for me like when i was around like episode three because i looked at facebook one too many times mm -mm. uh and then like they said and then like it was like some twist about like ilnam like oh come on no no why do you have to do this to me internet yeah it kind of i definitely that spoiler definitely would ruin the entire show especially for the the first watch but like Um, yeah but like i was like looking at everything then like through that lens and i like saw the foreshadowing like happening yeah and like there were like a couple of instances and like even then like there's still some of the foreshadowing that you didn't notice like back in episode one when he did a little bit too well at stopping at red light green light yeah i was like this old man he's why are you good like that um there's another easter egg but i'll get to that yeah um, and then there's also that one part within like when everyone was fighting and then he got on top of all the beds and was like stop yeah and then they stopped <laughs> i was like like that's suspicious he said turn it off turn it like, off okay okay um but yeah he he what also made me a little bit like skeptic was like when we were watching their interactions right for that game he and maybe this is maybe this might be offensive, but he turned on his dementia very quickly, mm. and like he like I I don't know how it like functions, so I don't really know like if that is possible. But the way that he did it just seemed so ingenuine. Like it was like one minute he was just like going blah 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 blah, and then the next minute he knew exactly everything yeah. that was going on. I'm like, you're faking your dementia now, and like even though his tumor like was real. The fact that he remembered everything that was going on and was like, I was actually playing you. But yeah. anyway, and I was like, mm, I don't like uh, that. Why are you playing smart? You're going to die. Like, but whatever. Um, and then that was a huge moral thing, too. Like, yeah. Do you really play off of someone's dementia like that? Right. Oh, yeah. That was such an interesting, like, moral <laughs> dilemma right there. Yeah. Because, like, when. Um, Jihan was like doing that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, come on, man. No, <sighs> no. Also, shout out to my boy, RIP, my boy, Ali. Ali, uh, he was can't. my favorite. He, he did not deserve. deserve that from Song Woo. It, it, ah. tr- purely disrespectful top 10 anime portrayals. Yes. We were, we were, we were all sad for you, bro. Just, 
I hope you. And know then, that. like when he did that one Instagram video when he's like, "Hi, I'm Ollie from Squid Game." Yeah, we're I'm like, glad you're enjoying the show. <laughs> Thank you. It's like you're alive. <laughs> um. So yeah, those are. I think out of all the deaths, those were the hardest ones to get through. Oh, yeah. The next one that really just. Oh my goodness, Sungwoo was out of pocket for that. I understand the Marvels game. I can I can let that slide. Mm-hmm. You know, it had to be done. He fooled me. I didn't know how he did that, right? But when it came to um they they already crossed the bridge. That moment was the Marvels moment was also spoiled for me because internet. Oh my uh, god. There's when they was edits. when it was like they showed the picture of the rocks, I'm like, oh come on. Yeah. <laughs> Darn. Um, I was like, dang. I was like, I knew he's going to find rocks, but I was like, it's sand. Like, how is he going to do that? I thought he was just going to give him the rocks and then just run to um, one, run to one of the, like, mm. workers and be like, this is it. And then Ollie turns around and he gets shot, you know? But he really found rocks. Right. Like, so, And then, like, the act... First of all, the acting of the entire show is just amazing. Yeah. Really and, like, great cast. And, like, Ollie in that scene, when he, like, opens the bag and, like, sees the rocks and his face just, like, changes changes yeah my pure defeat we knew it was gonna happen but it just (sighs) sad um but yeah the gut but then the stepping stones game (sighs) okay this is the main character right he has like he started becoming more and more unlikable throughout the show yeah simply because he just never really made decisions he always just kind of like got through it through luck. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, that jersey choosing um, scene, it was the one time that one that guy was like, "Oh, I want to lead for once," and he dies. Like that's nice. so, and like um, him being number sixteen and everything. Um, but it was after that when they had the dinner and everything, and then like she was already uh, bleeding because mm. of the. Um, projectiles of the, the stepping game. Yeah. Um, Her I just, death was so heartbreaking. Disrespectful. It shouldn't have happened. The way I thought it was going to happen was that the final game was going to happen and she was just going to bleed out. I would have been okay with that death. Yeah. But Sung Woo out Sung of nowhere. Uh, and the thing is that she kept him from killing Sung Woo. Yeah. He turns around to save her life and gets her throat slit. Oh my right. goodness. Horrible. Ugh. Horrible. Horrible. Everybody was mad. Nobody likes Sung Woo. Nope. If you like Sung Woo, you have problems. I'm yeah. sorry. He's a clever man, evil man. Very evil, evil man. Even then, his death was still heartbreaking. Yeah. My gosh. When he killed, yeah. He Ugh. was like, no, this game has to end. And it was like, oh. And I was like, I mean, it, it had to be done. It had yeah. to be done. Um, but like the shock, like when he like slit his own throat or whatever. Yeah. That was like, whoa. Yeah. That was actually the only time that the main character actually did something right. Yeah. Um, was play the game really well. He knew that game well enough to tussle with him and still make it yeah. through and win. But then was like, oh, no. When I like, mm-hmm. He's going to die. Like you already hurt him. He's, mm-hmm. he's down for the count. Either way, if you win, he's going to get shot. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then he got the Karen cut um, with the, like, cherry tomato hair. Oh, yeah. Ronald McDonald. <laughs> the um, Ronald McDonald. And he, then. I was like, oh, yay, redemption arc. Yeah. And then. And then, 
this is this is what pisses me off about that was like you had two opportunities to really talk with your daughter right uh. one time was for her birthday um going into like the housing and everything like that and like yeah you did punch uh her stepdad but we'll get past that you know that's my daughter anger i understand whatever then you're literally on the terminal the bridge to get to your plane and you just had to turn around and go back to play this game i was so mad i was like this is why we have deadbeat dads like this is why father's day is a horrible day for everybody yeah. because clearly we do not care he could have gone to america he had all the money he was really supposed to take care of um Seabuck's sister yeah or brother sorry um i think it was a sister no it was it was a it was a boy okay yeah um and then he gave like that that cash to um what's her name after killing her son but whatever um, um yeah song was mom yeah um i think that was kind of a little crappy because i mean I would have just taken care of the kid personally, but um, at the same time, I need to worry about my own kid. So right. that's a good decision, right? And then he didn't worry about his own kid, his own kid. So I'm right. like, well. But like the way that they like had um, Jian like grieving like during the entire like last episode. Mm-hmm. First of all, his acting was amazing with that part yeah, yeah. because like. You could tell, like, after the last game, like, he would never be the same. Broken man. Like, yeah. He didn't care about the bank. Um, he got the money, and it was just like... I, I understand. Like, the money doesn't feel worth it, especially right. the last couple of games. Like, mm-hmm. you see how many people have died um, leading up to you. Um, and then that's that's what I was letting go. That was what I was holding on earlier. Um, I saw this clip where it was like, Every person, every main character's death was uh, foreshadowed by how they interacted, like, with the outside world the second time. Ah, uh, so, in the second um, episode, yeah. Yeah, the bully, or, the like, the gangster, he died um, on the stepping stones, like, off that bridge. And his interaction in the real world was him jumping off the bridge to escape his, like, uh, I don't know, his boss or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Um Sabiuk, she got her her throat sliced. So sad. And I think leading up to that, when she was like trying to get the money to like go to America or something like that, mm-hmm. to go somewhere, she was holding a knife or scissors or something like that, like to the guy's throat. Oh yeah. And then Ilnam, even though he didn't die that way, yeah. um, how he died the first time, uh, he was in his hometown. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that was also one of the foreshadowing moments. I'm yeah. like, you're knowing this a bit too well there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I've seen this place. I was like, why are you guys so detailed? Um, let's see. Ali. How did he die? He died of rocks. He died reason. with the rocks. I forgot what his interaction was. but it, I think it might have been foreshadowed by his interactions with um, Song Wu. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, um, Songwoo gave him money for the bus. That's what it was. Yeah. Be- and then, like, for that to turn around and then, like, give him the rocks. So evil. That might be it. That, that's yeah. it. It's the exchange with Songwoo. Um, so, okay. and I forgot. Songwoo was trying to kill himself uh, during his real world interaction. He was in the bathtub. Oh, yeah. Um, overdosing. And then he kills himself. So, every- I think that's 
very rich in your writing. Like so detailed. The mm. the composition for that was insane. So yeah, good show. Um, so good. Made some friends because of it. The um, subplot. The one critique is that the subplot with um that one agent dude. Um, yeah. That could have gone a little bit further. Yeah, I don't think he's dead though, which is good. Yeah, probably not. He he fell. He fell. He got shot. He got shot and he fell. That's not enough. Yeah. He didn't, we didn't see him die. Right. We just didn't see him. Yeah. I was kind of confused at that interaction when he, uh, when the front man unveiled himself or revealed himself. Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm confused. Were they brothers at that point? Okay. Cause I was like, I was was expecting them to be younger than the cop. So when I saw that, I was like, why he has such a hard face and then shot him and then fell into like the ditch, like, uh, Simba or Mufasa, my bad. Um, Not Mufasa reference. So, um, I don't want there to be a season two. I think no, it needs to end there. And yeah. I think like the creators like not wanting a season two either. Yeah, even though it's the number one show on Netflix of all time. Yeah, congrats. Stuff to them. just has to end sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. Um, I've had a really great time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's been, yeah, this was we talked fun. a lot of a lot. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, it's been a really interesting talk. Mm-hmm. We went from Epcot to Squid, Squid Game. Game. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. Really great show. Great. Yeah. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. All right. That's our show. Thanks so much to Nathan West for coming on to the show. Our intro song for today is by Justin Dallasay, and the outro is by Olivia Russo Hood. See y'all next week.